On this week's episode of Three Wide, we're going to be going over all the action from Las Vegas Motor Speedway as we had races from both the Xfinity Series and Cup Series. On the Xfinity Series side, we had Josh Berry punching his ticket to race for a championship at Phoenix, while A.J. Allmendinger finds himself now in a hole that he has to dig out of. On the Cup Series side, we're going to go over Joey Logano's win and some resurgence from Chase Briscoe and Ross Chastain. And of course, we're going to start off with going over Bubba Wallace versus Kyle Larson, and we'll get started right now. Now, before we get started on our next topic, let me tell you about my new sponsor, Hunt to Harvest. Now, Hunt to Harvest is a family-owned company that was founded by a veteran and member of law enforcement and was birthed out of a desire to protect the hunt, to support the harvest of the animal instead of just the trophy, whether it be deer, turkey, or even pheasant. And to those that hunt to harvest, hunting is about spending time with loved ones, providing for your family through the harvest, and giving thanks to the one who created all things big and small. And you too can support this great company by going to hunttoharvest.com. That's H-U-N-T-T-O-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com, where you can check out their selection of short and long sleeve shirts that are true to size after one wash and made out of 100% Peruvian cotton. And also they have a great selection of hats in the Richardson 112 style, which I believe is the best hat on the market today, along with several other accessories. Just be sure when you go to check out to enter the code XMWWH8873 for a special discount at checkout. And that's at hunttoharvest.com. Now we're going to swap things up a little bit today. We're going to go over the Cup Series race first because let's be honest, that's where all the action was and what everybody's attention was on. But before we get to the big controversy of Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson, let's look over the race itself. You had Joey Logano win after a pass with three laps to go on Ross Chastain, and that locks him into the championship four. And the top ten behind him is Ross Chastain in second, Kyle Busch in third, Chase Briscoe in fourth with Denny Hamlin in fifth, Tyler Reddick finished sixth with Martin Truex Jr. in seventh, Eric Jones finished eighth, AJ Allmendinger ninth, and Austin Dillon rounded out the top ten. So looking at that top 10, I mean, you got to we got to talk about the runs of Ross Chastain and Chase Briscoe, both drivers who have went through so much in their careers with, with Ross Chastain just simply wanting a shot at, at a good, solid ride, just wanting to be a, a winning driver. And Chase Briscoe, who went from pretty much looked like he might be out of the sport to just slowly building his way back up, now driving for Stuart Haas Racing. These guys were on the edge of locking themselves into the championship race at Phoenix. You had Ross Chastain, who really showed a lot of growth and maturity with the battle with Joey Logano there in the final few laps. You know, if this was back in the summer, Ross, once he got passed by Logano, Ross may have driven it even harder into turn three or, or shoved Logano out of the way going into the corner. But he, he kept it clean. He tried all he could. Joey just had the new tires, and there really wasn't a whole lot Ross could do without being over aggressive. Luckily, Ross, he just stayed where he was and fought hard for, hard for a second place finish. And he's really been one of the strongest drivers on the mile and a half this year. And he's, you know, especially strong at Martinsville. So these two next races are going to be key for Ross. He's above the cut line. I believe it's 18 points. And he has a good shot of getting himself in on points, whether we have two new winners or, or, or not over the next couple races. So uh, a great outlook for Ross if he can just maintain, not drive over his head over the next two races. And then you got Chase Briscoe, 
And after the talk all week was that, that he was the weakest member of the round of eight, which rightfully so, because he's, you know, statistically wise, he's right there with Byron as far as just hadn't had a strong year, consistent year. He came out of the gate hot and just kind of fell off a cliff after that. But he gets a straight up fourth place finish. And this was after starting about mid pack, got some, you know, laps led and had a, uh, a pretty good shot at getting the win when he was running down Justin Haley there at the end. If the caution doesn't come out, maybe he gets around Haley and that gives him enough of a gap and Haley's able to kind of hold up Logano, who was coming with fresher tires, uh, enough for, for Briscoe to come away with a win. And, man, if Briscoe was able to pull it off, you want to talk about just what would be a wild championship for we just chased Briscoe in it. It, it. We came close to both those drivers getting a shot. Like I said, Briscoe, he was he was slowly gaining ground on Haley. And even though it would have been tough to hold off Logano and Chastain, it, it would have been a, a heck of a finish if he was able to get the win. And then on the flip side of it, you got drivers like Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott who just, well, Chase struggled. Ryan Blaney didn't struggle. He, he led some laps, looked like a top three car. He just finished 28th after spinning out and getting damage to his car. Just wasn't nowhere near the same after that. And then Chase, on the other hand, he was just non-existent. He finished 21st and really wasn't a factor all day. And really what many people are saying should be his strongest round in, in the whole playoffs. I mean, with Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville, they, these should be three tracks where he's really looking at could possibly get, get a win in one or two races of them. So Chase is still good on points. He doesn't need to panic just yet, especially with Martinsville on the schedule. We know how strong he is there. We don't know what this package is going to look like at that track, but still not time to push the panic button for Chase. Now Blaney on the other, other hand, he's definitely going to have to get it together and come out with a solid day at Homestead. He's another driver who's good at Martinsville. So if he can just come out of Homestead, if he's not able to get the win, at least come out with a positive day with stage points, maybe a stage win, something to put him within, you know, uh, within a shot of getting above the cut line when they roll around to Martinsville. So now let's discuss what was the big headline of the day of the race weekend, and that was Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson. Now, I'm sure you've seen the incident, but I'll give you a quick rundown. Kyle Larson coming out of turn four, washes up the track and doesn't make contact with Bubba, but Bubba feels, you know, kind of rides up trying to stay away from him, winds up making contact with the wall. And Bubba seems to then wreck Kyle Larson intentionally as they're going down the front straightaway. He seems to cut down the track and right rear, right rear Larson, driver's side into the wall on the front stretch and it collected Christopher Bell as well. After this wreck, Bubba then walks down the track and pretty good distance away and shoves Larson into the car and just kept on pushing him. And you could tell Kyle was just trying to get away from it and looked like he was still trying to gather himself as far as what was even going on. I mean, he just hit the wall and now he's getting out of the car and Bubba comes down there and starts shoving him around. And in my opinion, I'm just going to get right to the point. I feel like after this incident, Bubba should be suspended with all the safety issues of the car and like if Christopher Bell hadn't been there when Kyle Larson was spinning back up the track and made contact with him, Larson would have more than likely backed it in, which with this new car is probably one of the most dangerous things you can do. 
And even so, when you right rear someone towards a wall at the speed you're going that they were going Sunday at a track like Vegas, that is just reckless and irresponsible. And even many members of the media, fans, uh, people within the sport as far as former drivers or even current drivers, they were letting their feelings be known. They, they were pretty much unanimous. They felt like it was uncalled for. Some were already saying, yeah, Bubba needs to, they need to sit down Bubba for a week at least, or, you know, th- this was over the line what Bubba did. However, you then had fans on social media, they wanted to play the what if and what about game. I would rather look at the facts of what what's going on in the present, what is going on in front of us in the current situation. But you know what? Let, let, let's play that what if, what about game for a second. See, fans are saying, you know, what if or what about with previous incidents, whether it's wrecks, you know, drivers intentionally wrecking each other or physical altercations on pit road or in the garage or on the track. The real question is, if you're wanting to play that game, what if it is announced sometime in the next day or two or before we get to Homestead that Larson is out with a concussion or injury? And then, okay, what about Christopher Bell? He's coming off a huge win, looking to make his first championship four. Now he is in a huge hole, gets wrecked out by a Toyota teammate, and you put him as at risk as well. You know, they showed the in-car camera on Christopher, and he was moving around quite a bit in the cockpit. What if they come out the same thing with him that he's unable to race? This reckless decision just could lead to a lot of bad things with this new car. Now, you have you also have the fans wanting to compare it to the past events, like I mentioned, to what happened Sunday. You, they're mentioning incidents like Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth at Martinsville in 2015. Carson Hosevar and Noah Gregson earlier this year at IRP in Road America, or Ben Rhodes, Christian Eckes at Texas from a couple of years ago. Let's let's look over some of these incidents. The Matt Kenseth Joey Logano deal at Martinsville. Kenseth was suspended for two races after that incident, and many fans would ha- have either said or would agree with anyone that said Carson Hosevar something more stern should have been done with him after IRP where he sent Colby Howard into the wall and going into the corner, pretty much like Bubba did Noah Gregson after he spun Sage Karam in front of the whole field, causing tons of damage to all these cars. Many people were saying he should have had a harsher penalty. Some media members even said NASCAR has already set the present precedent with not suspending those two drivers I just mentioned and and previous instance. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. NASCAR has been consistently inconsistent on these calls as they have been with, with most of them because it is a case by case basis. You can't judge uh, this crash at Las Vegas and compare it to Matt Kenseth at short track Martinsville with a previous generation of a car. Here's another one that was mentioned. Jeff Gordon at at Phoenix, when he turned Clint Boyer head on into the wall, collecting Joey Logano and Eric Almirola. Jeff Gordon should have been suspended after that. That was a hard hit for Clint Boyer. Ben Rhodes and Christian Eckes at Texas, same deal. Rhodes right reared. Eka sent him into the front straightaway wall at Texas. Ben Rhodes should have had a stern penalty. He should have been suspended for that. You look at Kyle Busch when he wrecked Ron Horn- Hornaday 
at Texas in the truck series under caution, Kyle Busch throws a fit and runs Ron Hornaday head on into the wall. Kyle Busch got suspended that weekend for that. He had to sit out the cup race. And even Scott Miller said just last week in a statement when they dropped the penalty on Cole Custer and his team after the Roval with the team tampering accusations, his quote, that there are probably some situations in the past we wish we had back, but in no way, shape, form, or fashion does any past ruling change the fact that what happened at the Roval was wrong. Okay, take out Roval and put in Vegas. This is the same situation NASCAR is in again. Here you go, NASCAR. This is your opportunity to show consistency, to show that past decisions of the sanctioning body holds no value over the precedent. And when you add in all the factors from this race, the injuries we've received in this car, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, who is Bubba's teammate, just announced this past week, he will not be coming back to full-time racing next year. He is still recovering from that concussion with a crash that, that should not have concussed him. The speed that they're going at this track, this isn't Martinsville, this isn't Bristol. There is a difference. I know everyone's wanting to say it's apples to apples or apples to oranges. Forget all that. Las Vegas is not Martinsville. If Bubba had gotten mad at Larson at Martinsville and spun him out or showed his aggression there, if he doesn't right rear him, I don't see a problem with it because it's a completely different race, completely different set of circumstances. Bubba walk and then another bubble walking down the track and getting into a physical confrontation with Kyle Larson when it's not known if Kyle was dealing with any effects from the crash. Kyle had just gotten out of the car, was taking off his helmet. Safety crews were around him. Bubba has plenty of time from the walk to his car to the walk to Larson to cool off and just walk up and kind of be like, hey, what, what was that all about? What's going on? Instead, he goes and shoves Larson up against the car. And to me, the most important factor in this crash was right-rearing a driver into the wall. I don't care where it is in this case. When you right-rear a driver to send them head-on or driver first into a wall, you should be parked. I believe Bubba Wallace should be parked for at least one race this isn't a you know what if you know this guy did it or what if this what if that or what about when this happened at this track we need to quit comparing these deals together like they're the same thing they're not if we went like i said just a minute ago say we're at bristol bubba gets mad at larson and simply spins him out down the back straight away I, there's no uproar. If anything, the fans are going to go nuts because we're seeing some excitement. But with the injuries and the problems we've had with this new car, this this isn't excitement. This isn't this isn't anything good. This these guys are getting hurt in this car. It's enough. We can't be making irresponsible decisions like this. I, Bubba is an emotional driver. That can be a good thing. That can be a bad thing. We have seen both sides of it with Bubba. I think back to really when I first kind of, you know, started not, I don't want to say losing respect for Bubba, but kind of looking at him like, dude, what are you thinking? Was at the Roval 
where Alex Bowman spun him out on purpose. It was not a good move by Bowman. And Bubba had a right to be angry. Bubba walks down there after the race where Bowman is on the ground, medical team dealing with him. Because uh, I can't remember if Bowman, he'd gotten overheated or, or, or I'm not, I believe he got overheated, was needing to get some fluids. They were dealing with him either way. Bubba goes down there and instead of saying, you know what, I'll deal with you later, he goes down there, gets in Bowman's face and then throws whatever drink he had all over Bowman. That's not a good look. That's not controlling your emotions. Bubba has grown so much this season as a driver. He has got to learn to control these emotions. Just like we, we saw with Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, they, Kyle still can. He, he's reined it back in a little bit, but those were guys who let their emotions get the best of them. And there were times where they either had to sit at the track or in Kurt's case, completely had to rebuild their career. And Bubba needs to learn from their mistakes. He's He, he can't get carried away like that. I understand you're angry. How about this for a great idea? Let's quit using our cars as weapons. Let's quit with the repaying the favor on the track, wherever it is. I'm going to swap up my, my statement. Quit, quit doing that. From now on, just pull it in the garage and settle it in behind the motorhomes, behind the haulers, or settle it on pit road after the race. There, there, there's no need for any more of this this kind of retaliation or payback going on. So the penalty, I'm sure to Bubba, it, it'll be out either tomorrow afternoon or Wednesday. We, we shall see what which way NASCAR goes in their decision-making on this. So now let's look over the Xfinity race. On Saturday, you had Josh Berry repeat from his win from last year at Vegas for his third win on the season and becomes the first driver in the Xfinity series to lock themselves into the championship race at Phoenix. The top 10 behind him was his teammates, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier in third, Ty Gibbs in fourth, Trevor Bain fifth, Austin Hill finished in sixth with Sam Mayer in seventh, Daniel Hemrick finished eighth, Brandon Jones ninth, and Anthony Alfredo finished in 10th. And I'm happy to say I called it last week when I said Barry would be the one to watch this round and possibly shake up this whole championship race deal. Josh is, is very good. He's a repeat winner now at Vegas. He won last year. He was going to be, you know, the one to watch there. And then Martinsville, the, the last race for this final round was going to be another opportunity for him to get a win, but he does it early, goes ahead and punches his ticket. Now him and his team can focus on Phoenix and it was a great battle there at the end after a late caution. You had Josh Berry and, and Eric, A.J. Allmendinger, excuse me, battling for the win. And when Barry's on the outside coming out of turn four, Barry, he bounced it off the ball pretty good, just like Bubba did Sunday. But Bubba sta- or Josh Berry stayed in it and was able to take the lead with 32 laps to go. Now, after all this battle, A.J. Allmendinger started complaining of having a loose wheel. And... After he gets passed by Josh Berry, he just kind of starts fading back a little bit. He, he's complaining about it. He is pit crew. His team's coming back to him saying they were not loose. The tires aren't loose. Even though AJ was pretty adamant they were, they decided to go ahead and come in and pit because AJ was, just couldn't keep going that way. And they came in, changed the tires, and both right side tires were loose, it, it turns out. AJ, obviously frustrated about it. He is the only playoff driver to finish outside the top 10 in this race. 
now that has huge playoff implications because everybody else had such a good day. It puts AJ below the cut line. He was a favorite to make it in the final four, but now with Josh Berry's win, the other playoff drivers having a good solid day, he's now 16 points below the cut line going into Homestead and Martinsville, needing some solid days, needing a win to advance to that championship race. And in this round, I just believe it's going to be a, a be tough to beat junior motorsports at the next two races with Homestead and Martinsville. Noah Gregson, I think he gets a win at one or both the tracks. Justin Allgaier, I think he's another one that can pull it off at Homestead. I think it's just going to be a, a solid round for junior motorsports. The only one outside of it, I think, that you got to watch is uh, Brandon Jones with Joe Gibbs Racing. And then you still got Ty Gibbs sitting there. It's it's going to be tight at, when we get into Martinsville as far as whoever wins in Homestead and, and seeing what the setup is when we roll around to, to Martinsville in a couple weeks. So now before we look ahead to this upcoming weekend's races at Homestead, Miami, let's point out our spotlight drivers from the weekend at Las Vegas. On the Xfinity side, my spotlight driver is the debuting Haley Deegan. She finishes 13th in her Xfinity Series debut. And I think this proves the Truck Series just overall is not a good development series. The Truck Series is kind of its own entity. Deegan, she was good in the K&N Series. She was good in the ARCA Series. Yet was pretty much an afterthought in the Truck Series. She, she could never find her footing to get her up there to be a contender for race wins, top fives, top tens, and a playoff driver. Hopefully, as far as her outlook, because you got David Gillen racing going from toy, uh, Ford back to Toyota, where Haley is a Ford driver. So now she pretty much is on the market looking for a ride. And I think this would be a good team for her to land with, especially with Stuart Haas Racing's backing. If she's able to get cars that are built by them and continues to improve and development into a, a solid driver, I think Haley can probably be one of the, the top female drivers to ever drive in this sport if she can get the with the right team and they take their time don't rush her up the ladder let her develop she's young she'll have plenty of time to to get up in the cup series but it, she'll be definitely someone to keep an eye on over the next couple of years hopefully this is a step to, towards her running full-time next season in the xfinity series now on the cup series side my spotlight driver is justin haley the reason being, even though he finished 14th, he led 16 laps in the final stretch of the race and had a real shot at getting his second career win. He, he's been one of the most consistent drivers in the field since the playoffs started, really growing as a driver. And with AJ coming up full-time next year as his teammate again and the relationship those two guys got, it could be setting up for a pretty big year for Haley if he's able to keep this momentum going through the rest of the season and start off hot again in, in 2023. But looking ahead this weekend in Homestead, we have action from all three series. On the truck series side, Kyle Busch is the defending race winner. It feels like it's been forever since we've been racing at, at Homestead. And I'm really excited. I, I love Homestead. It's a great track. Obviously, Kyle will not be in the truck race this year with it being so late in the season. This is a cutoff race for the truck series. And this is a last chance for drivers below the cut line like John Hunter Nemechek, Christian Eckes, Stuart Friesen, Grant Enfinger, 
to get above that cut line and go race for a championship. Grant, he's pretty much in a need-to-win spot. It's going to be tough for him to do it on points. Ben Rhodes, meanwhile, you got Ben Rhodes, only, who is above the cut line, only has three points up on Christian Eckes and Stuart Friesen and five on John Hunter Nemechek. So can John Hunter break through, get in a championship race, and, and hopefully get his first career championship in the truck series, something that will, has been expected from him since he went back to Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series. So it's going to be a tense race. It's going to be, be good to watch. On the Xfinity Series side, Mike Snyder, he was the last winner at the, the Homestead Miami Raceway with the Xfinity Series. And the question is, can Noah Gregson get it done? I, I'm big on junior motorsports having could even ha- could could easily have a sweep of all three races in the final round. But as I said in the Xfinity section, watch Brandon Jones. He he's going to be dangerous. He's sneaky, get some sneaky wins on mile and a half tracks, and he is very good at Martinsville. So if anyone I think can can break through, I'd probably place Brandon Jones ahead of Ty Gibbs as far as being able to pull off the upset. I know that sounds crazy, especially with the the talent and the year that Ty Gibbs has had, but I just got a feeling on Brandon Jones. He's going to be one to watch. On the cup side, you have William Byron, who's looking to defend his race win from last year, and Byron's going to need to defend it. He's had a, a decent day at Vegas, wasn't anything special, wasn't anything to write home about. But he has an opportunity here to, again, really kind of flip the the narrative on the playoff standings if he's able to repeat as a winner. The thing with Homestead, and I'm more excited to see this cup race just because the next gen has been so great at these mile-and-a-half tracks. Homestead always has great racing. And it's really good for drivers with dirt experience, with you know drivers that can run the wall, run, I mean, just, just inches, an inch, really, off the wall, able to get the momentum to carry off the corner. Is this where Christopher Bell can kind of build up some more points or possibly come through with a win because he is very good at running the top side or chase briscoe can, can can he continue the streak of the past couple races he's had over the past couple weeks kyle larson he's going to be the non-playoff driver to watch again he's a guy who loves to run the top and if he's able to get it to come in he's going to be tough to beat so all in all it's going to be an exciting three races this weekend you don't miss want to miss a single one of them because they all have huge implications on what we're going to be looking at when we roll with Phoenix. And that will wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, thank you for joining me and listening along. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And be sure to leave me a review. Let me know what you think about the show. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. And don't forget to check out HuntHarvest.com for all your hunter apparel needs. And we will meet back same time next week and go over all the action from Homestead, Miami.